you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Acknowledge, please. Acknowledge, please. Where are you? It's okay, Jack. It's not okay. I got a small plane here. I don't know where it is. Jack, a fly landed on your screen. Look, Jack, you've been landing planes for 13 years. Face it, you're burned out. You need this rest. So Jack Chester's taking that lead. Oh, this is great! Renting a beach house. 415, this is it. And getting the family ready for the best month of their lives. Oh, 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 oh. Grab a milk, please. Quiet and secluded. Come on, get out of here. With outstanding facilities. Sit down, relax. All right, all right. Perfectly situated. In a friendly neighborhood. What do you think of these? Similar? I just got them. Who had them before you? <laughs> John Candy's gonna discover what a month in paradise. What? Open the door! Is all about summer rental. Oh, oh, mommy, make it better. Yo, maniacs, Hulk Hogan here, the greatest of all times, and I want to let you know you're listening to nostalgic radio and cars, and what you're gonna do when they run wild on you, brother. Welcome, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Yes, we are live on YouTube, and we're live on Facebook Live, right? Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And with me this evening, I have again... My pride and joy, my son. The apple does not far all far from the tree, does it? Good morning, Bobby, or good afternoon. Far from the studio, Mike. <laughs> far from the studio. <laughs> Tommy, how are you doing tonight? Tommy's not too far. I'm from just Mike. wonderful. You're just wonderful. Okay, so now we got that uh, over with. <laughs> now that we know who's in the room. Now that we know who the players are, the cast, the characters. Yes, uh, the usual cast of characters. 
Anyway, why don't we just go right to the Florida Car Show minute, Bobby? Is this, like... uh, this an icebreaker thing? Tell one fact about uh, about <laughs> yeah. each other. Here. Go to the. <laughs> My uh... favorite color is green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Florida Car Show minute. So, uh, flacarshows.com, flacarshows.com, flacarshows.com. I'll say it as many times as it takes me to get up the. Web page. Um, <laughs> you can find all the car shows. You can go to Central Florida and you can find out the uh, what's going on in the Ace Cafe every single night. Like also the Porsche of Orlando Cars and Coffee. Whoa. Never saw that on there. That's before. a new one. That's a new w- one. When's that? That is July 13th, which would that's be this weekend. Saturday. So yeah. you should definitely check that out. Okay. It's we funny might how my. Uh, I, Went right to Central Florida. But um, uh, <laughs> I will go to the West Coast to uh, service the uh, Tampa Bay listeners. Okay, yeah. Well, last weekend they just had the uh, Cars and Coffee or Reason for Motor Cars and Garage One Cars and Coffee. Mm-hmm. And then in two mm-hmm. weeks, a week from next week or a week from this week is uh, DuPont Registry Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Dunning, there's a Dunning Cruise in this weekend, too. A Dunning Cruise in? Really? Oh, Where's that at? 13th Cruising and Campfire. Campfire. Cruise and Campfire. Marshmallows? Marshmallows? Maybe. Oh, McDonald's dining there on uh, Main Street, the big parking lot. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a big parking lot. That's on the way yeah. out to Dunning Causeway there. Yeah. Super, like super. Yeah. Look at that. They were our lucky recipient of the uh, car show read-off of the week. <laughs> oh, there you go. Car show read-off of the week. Well, hey, and, uh, don't forget our good friends over there at the Rib Shack. It's Rib Shack Tuesday. You know, if you want some of the best barbecue in Pinellas County, don't forget to check out the Rib Shack Barbecue. 426 West Bay Drive, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's see. 727-581-9090. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. that number registered yep. in my head. That's yep. good. Yep, yep. Uh, the, the Bill Cochran Show, thank you very much. Yes, for, uh, you were a uh, guest. Uh, <laughs> guest. You made your guest appearance again here two weeks in a row. Yep, yep. Yeah, Bill's got a great show, two days. And occasionally he, Six plays, o'clock. occasionally he plays music. Yep. And yep. a big shout-out to uh, Lynn and her show. What's her yep. show called? Talk five, of the Town. Five o'clock, Talk of the Town. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the we went Tuesday up. Tuesday Marathon. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, us. So that's like one, two, three. Boy, that's a trifecta. Wow, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, so I yeah. hope everybody had a good 4th of July. I know we did. We were sitting high atop the old uh, Jack Tar Hotel there watching the fireworks mm-hmm. in Clearwater. And uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, we also bumped into some interesting people while we were up there. And we actually, you know, this, this is the whole thing about networking, you know. In fact, if you caught, we have a very, very interesting show this evening, okay? This is kind of like a dedication to kind of like Clearwater in a yeah. way. And... To Clearwater's own, no, we should we should we should basically save this for for as a surprise, right? What we're going to do? A well, little, we have a special guest coming on. We have a local author coming on. Here's how we should probably get. go okay. to Facebook. Okay, go to Facebook, yep. and there's a really cool post on there that says, "What?" Is, there's two pictures, and you have to figure out what the two pictures have in common. Right. Now we'll check. We're checking the comments right now, so we have a few people who are right. Because <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. live here, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so go on there, comment that, comment on the video, do all that stuff, and then we will reveal. What if you sh- really can't figure it out, we will reveal it later. Yes, exactly. Now, with our author. <laughs> we uh, Well, I'll give you some hints. Uh, since the, uh, if you tuned in at the beginning of the show, we paid a clip from the movie Summer Vacation. Right mm-hmm. and or summer rental that's what it was and that mm-hmm. was a movie with John Candy and that was filmed down in Sunset Beach in Pinellas County okay so we're in this Pinellas County thing that's the first clue we had our good friend Terry Baleo, uh AKA Hulk Hogan do oh, our true. liner for us this evening mm-hmm. okay and uh, he's a friend of ours and he's also been on the show 
So those are kind of like, that's the direction that we're kind of going in here a little bit. But um, I didn't really realize it, but if you Google films uh, shot in Pinellas County, Lethal Weapon back in the 80s, and uh, let's see what else. I guess there was a segment of Ocean's Eleven was filmed here. Obviously, the uh, what's the fish story one? Uh, Dolphin Tail. Dolphin Tail. One yeah. and two. One and two. Yeah, that right here in Clearwater Beach, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Um, so Clearwater is actually kind of popular from the uh, um, film industry. Yeah, we have the Pinellas Cocoon. Pinellas Sunco uh, Pinellas uh, Film Commission here. I think that's their name. Hmm. Um. It's kind of tried to ramp that up here within the uh, last few um, years um, as they've been trying to get, you know, there's been shows that have been filmed up on uh, in the Panhandle and whatnot, and the Pinellas Film Commission has invited them down here because they're rebuilding in the Panhandle so they can have a nice beach to film in and nice downtown and everything uh, and be fairly hurricane-free until they uh, get their spot up there back again you know it's interesting because uh as like i mentioned a few of those movies um there's a lot of uh, smoking the bandit i think th- three, three was, was part of it was filmed here yeah see so you know there's a lot of movies and unless you know that they were actually filmed it, and it may not be the whole movie because a lot of stuff's done in you know in inside well, uh, studios and, 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 and other locations and, but segments and that's why there's weird landmarks like the one Cocoa beach with you know the 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 Boulevard and whatever. But we have a very famous street that uh, right around the corner here from us, Osceola. Osceola. And, that's, Osceola. That's, part, that's, the, that's the clue. That's so the clue. We, we told you one of the, what, the, yeah, yeah, what the sign yeah, is. Yeah. And, uh, and you know that we do play some music on our show uh, from time to time. Yeah, like towards and, the end. And uh, there's a hint because one of the songs that we pay at Play, play. At the end of the show is a telltale sign. Uh, also, I'm a big fan of this particular individual as well as the band. So now we give you a whole bunch of clues. Okay. But uh, anyway, all right. So let's go back to the uh, car show thingy here <laughs> since this is an automotive radio show from time to time uh, as well as music as well ah. as. Uh, what the new program that we might be releasing? Oh yeah, why don't you go ahead and well, let me finish this real quick. Okay, uh, the, the the big thing that's coming up here in a couple well, in about a month or so, actually it'll be about a month and uh, three or four days, is the Monterey Collective Car Week. And of course, you hear me talking about all these events that uh, we generally try to attend. Never to, heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay, um, that's like saying I never heard of <laughs> Chicago or Detroit or San Francisco uh, yeah. or uh, Clearwater. No. Um, and yet, it's the other thing. I'm always impre- I'm, I'm always impressed with how many people actually know. If I say Tampa, some people go, "Yeah," but when I say Clearwater, I actually get a better response from people. Clearwater's pretty well known, but anyway. So the Monterey Collective Car Week, which is taking place uh, the second week in uh, in, eight, in August, uh, just takes up the whole week. So there's just amazing events. So if you are a diehard car guy. That is one event you definitely do not want to miss. And of course, again, I'm going to go for the all the 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 four shows that you need to attend: Scottsdale, Arizona, Amelia Island, Monterey Collective Car Week, and SEMA. Those are the biggies. But uh, Monterey Collective Car Week, and they're expecting record, 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 record numbers. I mean, the numbers. I was actually looking at some of the auctions, like uh, Bonham's auction, and the estimates on some of the cars are absolutely. Uh, 
they're high. They're very, very high, especially on the limited production cars. And that's where the market's really strong. Is so if you get their very rare Ferraris, the race cars, the Maseratis, uh, Alfa Romeos, Porsches, obviously, are doing okay. They're not as strong as they were. Mercedes-Benz is still doing pretty good. But the Ferraris are the leaders of the pack, and that's kind of like, you know, when you look at a uh, – and I, just to give you an example, I think like six, seven years ago when I was out there, a Ferrari California Spider, so that's basically a 250 GT Spider, And I know Alan's probably going to call in in a second here because he's probably listening. But anyway, and he's a big Ferrari guy. So the 250 Spider sold, I think, 250000 300000 Then uh, six months later, it was at 500000 And then about seven months later, the, it was like at 800000 The next year, it was nine. Six months later, it was a million two. Well, let's go fast forward here five, six years later. And that very same car, the estimate is between six and eight million. So... There's no end in sight for those kind of cars because the mega rich, you know, they play crazy. Uh, it's 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 a status thing with them, and I guess when you get that kind of money, it doesn't really. It's a, kind of academic, but nonetheless, the Meekums is the and Russo are the two um, auctions out there that do a lot of the domestic cars, the cars that probably my listeners um, have more of an interest in. So the '60s, '70s muscle cars. And those cars are kind of leveled off a little bit. So, you know, your Camaros, your Mustangs, your Bosses, your Shelbys, your Copo cars, your Hemi cars, you know, they're doing okay, but they're not as strong as they were. But I'll tell you what's really, really hot, so this is one you want to keep your eyes open for, is the 50s classics have all of a sudden made a complete turnaround, and they're getting real strong again, particularly convertible. So if you've got anything from the 50, I'm going to say 53, that was the first year GM introduced the curved windshield and vent windows, um... Very, very nice, stylish-looking car. So from 53 to, let's say, 59, 60, those cars are very, very strong, particularly open cars, drop-top cars, drop-top you know, convertibles. And uh, so whether you got a Ford, whether you got a Chevrolet, whether you got a Cadillac, whether you got a Pontiac, whether you got a Buick, an Olds, Imperial, Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge, uh, makes no difference. Rambler, even, you know, uh, Packard, Caribbeans, or Caribbean, depending on how you pronounce it. All those cars, Studebakers, they actually made a few Studebaker convertibles. Um, Packards, like I said, uh, 53, 54, 55, 56. 56 Packard convertible Caribbean is a very, very stylish car. But those cars are really, really strong. So that's where the market is right now in those kind of cars. And that's where a lot of guys are focusing. Because, in fact, that the, the, the 50s classic market is so strong that it, there's been a resurgence from the uh, the Europeans have been buying those cars up very strongly and the Japanese. So that's kind of like the market take right now. The uh, the other thing, let's see, foreign cars. Um, again, there was an article in Hemings Motor News about uh, last month's issue, and it's talking about British cars. And of course, uh, you guys are probably familiar with the fact that we have a little 74 MGB GT that we buzz around in. And that car is, uh, you know, it's not a really expensive car. They, the, the MGB GT, or the MGB Roadsters, the Triumph TR4s, the Triumph TR6s, those are still very, very affordable cars. You can still buy those cars under $10,000, $15,000 and have a heck of a lot of fun. Parts are readily available. Even Fiat 124 Spiders, Alfa Romeo Spiders, you know, the mid-70s, early 80s cars, those are a lot of fun. They're open cars. They're durable cars. So just find yourself a good car. A modern contemporary classic, if you want to use that term, would be any of the Miatas from 1990 to 1997, the first-generation Miatas. And uh, I think the early ones were 1.6s, and the later ones came out with 1.7 motors or something like that, or 1.8s. 
And those are very, very, very strong. Again, very affordable cars, all under $10,000, stuff that you can drive every day and have a lot of fun with and easy to fix. Now, of course, the Mazda Miata obviously is, you know, is a really thrifty car. Um, thirsty from the standpoint that it's, uh, you know, a, a very economical car and a lot of fun to drive, and you can take it anywhere. And that could be your daily driver because those come in an automatic or stick shift. Um, sticks are always more preferred, but back to the British cars, they're, um, they're coming on real strong, so do not overlook an MGB. And the clubs that uh, these cars, um, the, the owners participate in, there's always something to do. Now, back to American cars, nothing beats the good old American Ford Mustang. Still by far, the 1965-1966 Mustang is the all-time number one collectible classic. Yes, sorry Chevy guys, sorry Mopar guys, but if you start reading up on it, start doing the statistics, start doing the mathematics, the Ford Mustang, particularly 1965-66, the first generation, are very much sought after. And on that note, Bobby, do you have anything else you would like to add? Or should we go right uh, to uh, a little bit of music? Just going to say, let's uh, hear another clue, and then we'll come back. Tommy, what do you think? Think you can uh, turn the table and drop the needle in the groove there? And let's play a little... Oh, Doors. Hey, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. I promise. down to the sea. Money after 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727 541 1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727 541 1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle and visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back to tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Now, you know, typically we uh, our bumpers are always like, you know, a drag car, a sports car, a motorcycle, an airplane, if a that boat. That didn't give it away. I don't know. Yeah, but this time, how about, you know, 
one of the Doors' very, very early songs. Oops, I just gave away a clue again. Uh, Light My Fire. I thought that would be kind of an interesting bumper. Now, Bobby, you were going to sit there, and do um, you have something for us? Oh, well, um, so Gulfstream Motorsports is, uh, since you just heard the uh, financial report uh, before the break <laughs> from the Gulfstream Motorsports, um, there we're starting a new program where um, you can get, uh, if you refer customers to Gulfstream Motorsports for a, if you're business, for, it's a strictly business-to-business thing, although we might expand it, uh, they refer us a diminished value. I refer a customer to us for a diminished value. Diminished value, appraisal, we, or total appraisal loss or report. Total report. loss report. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will turn it over to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you can receive some sort of uh, plug and or radio uh, shout out and or we will determine what we think uh, we want to um, we want to give you on the air um, but uh, we're, we're we're it's a pilot program we're kind of testing it right now and uh, you will see it on Facebook you will see it online you will hear it on the air when we get all the details okay yeah as well as some social media exposure yes. as well yes. so you're gonna get social media exposure you're gonna get some radio exposure that is provided you do some do us a referral and yes. we consummate it it's gotta be successful it's gotta be successful yes yes, yes. it's kind of like you know like when you when we do a radio show giveaway and we have a question and if you answer the question or a, Flo- you, a Florida man story uh you can <laughs> you can win a prize now bobby's got something else he's going to share with us here oh yeah yeah, yeah. so um this I've, is this uh, is like the running joke thing this going. is the this is the new game uh the new you know florida friendly game uh here uh the florida man game is it florida man or is it not so you, <laughs> we read you a story now this, this works best on the radio because what we do is we read you a story and you guess if it's a florida man story or if it's not it's really did it happen in florida did it not um so on another show we're gonna go through and i'm gonna do a bunch of these but for right now we just have to i just have to give you one a sample and we here in the studio have to guess it so man escapes on lawnmower intoxicated while wielding a machete did that happen in Did Florida? Did that happen in Florida? Is that a Florida man or not? That That's Florida? very likely to be a Florida story. I would concur. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I, mean, I just found a site, so okay. I, I got to get through them all. But, you okay. know, I just figured we'd try it out. All right. That's a good example. That's good. We like that. We yeah, like we'll that come one. up with a song for it and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come a little, little pitch and a little jingle and all that good stuff. Well, anyway, so on that night, I think, no, not. I think In the last clue. And the last clue. Well, we're, no, I we're said give, give them the last clue. Oh, give them who, who are guests. Who, who okay, well, uh, no, I think we should let Bring them. Bring the guest on. <laughs> Bring the guest on. Okay, so here we go. Tommy, I think you're going to fire up the stereo again, and I think we got another really groovy song from one of my favorite bands. And uh, so, hey, don't touch the dial. We'll be, right, be, 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 we'll be right back with our special guests for the evening. Okay, don't touch that dial. You tune into Nostalgia Radio and Cars.
Instead, girl, we can't get much better. Can you dig that? Girl, we couldn't get much higher. I love it when you sing to me. I'm the poet and you're my muse. Do you hear them out there? It's you they want now. drinking blood. Mr. Morrison, you've gone too far. You're a poet, not a rock star. What you gonna do for act three? say I was testing the bounds of reality. And now, direct from Los Angeles, California, ladies and gentlemen, here now, the door. This is Neil Young, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This lady is a talented local writer and author here from Clearwater, Florida. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the author of the book, Jim Morrison's Clearwater, Bird Stevens. Bird, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Welcome, uh, welcome back to uh, Tan Talk Radio Network. This is a trifecta yeah. for you. This is the third yeah. radio show you've been on, talking about your yes, fabulous book. Yes, it is. Book. It is. So happy to be here again. Excellent. So uh, you're actually uh, a little ways away right now. We're talking over the phone, but you must be up in the uh, beautiful state of Tennessee, right? Is that where you're at? Yes. 
And uh, so, uh, whereabouts in Tennessee are you right now? Um, Knoxville area. Knoxville area, okay. That's uh, straight up 75, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you on your way uh, further north, or are you just going to hang out in Tennessee for a while? No, we're um, here to visit my mom. Okay, cool. Well, take us to the beginning. What was the inspiration for the book? Now, I know I've listened to some of your other interviews, and uh, but I want you to... Uh, now that you've done this a time or two, go ahead and uh, get uh, a little bit more in depth on this thing. I mean, you know, you 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 the the book's actually fascinating. I just found out about the book here just recently, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, and since I'm a big Doors fan, a big Jim Morrison fan, so uh, this is this kind of touches me a little bit here too. So go ahead and share your story with us. Yeah, so um, I, I've been a big Doors fan uh, since I was little. Um, really got into Jim Morrison himself and his poetry. Um, when I was in middle school, um, just kind of followed everything and, um, you know, was captivated by all the information and, and poetry and songs and everything. And um, in 2005, when they tore down the house that um, Jim Morrison lived in while he was living in Clearwater, there was a big article that came out in the St. Pete Times um, that was talking about, you know, his time here, a little bit about his time here and about his um, girlfriend and stuff, and um, I had this idea to do like a photo exhibit of places that he was at in Clearwater, and so I met with a couple of people that went to school with him and that hung out with him while he was living here, and interviewed them at the Clearwater Library, and um, after I left, I was just in awe of the stories that I heard, because nobody has talked about his time here, and nobody's heard these stories. So um, I just knew right then that this this has to be a book. So that that's where it all started from. Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people think it's folklore, but uh, he uh, his fa- he was born in Melbourne, Florida, and his mm-hmm. father his father was in the in the military, and I guess it's his grandparents that lived uh, over here off Osceola. Right. And so that was actually, it's not too far from the radio station. It's only about three or four blocks away. And it's yeah, probably a, very close. a block from the uh, shoreline there. So uh, tell us about, uh, so did you go over there to the actual property? Were you able to see the house before they tore it down? Yeah, I, I have seen the house before it was torn down. Um, but then I had an opportunity to um, go over to the the site and um, actually work with the company that, the con- you know, the condo company that was tearing down the house to build condos, and um, so I got to be involved in all of that as well. Were you able to get inside and take some pictures and stuff? Um, no, not while it was still standing, but um, I did um, work for the company, actually, um, in marketing, so I got to photograph all of the pieces of the house, um, because what they did was they dismantled the house piece by piece um, and then tagged every single piece and logged it and put it into storage. Um, and then some of the pieces were painted on by local artists and then auctioned off for a charity. So I was um, in charge of, you know, photographing all of that and helping helping with the marketing of all of that stuff. How uh, how long did the process take when they were doing that? Did they did they when you say they dismantled it? So they basically were careful in taking yeah. the house apart. So they literally mm-hmm. didn't destroy anything. Yeah, it took a long time. Um, actually. There is a video that was given to people um, that were buying the condos that never happened, but um, 
they did make a, a DVD of the whole dismantling process and showed, you know, the construction crew inside and taking all the pieces out and putting them into storage. So that's, that's kind of a cool thing, um, you know, that not a lot of people have. You know, it's interesting. You talk about that, and um, there's this thing out there called the Historic Registry. And mm-hmm. I'm just now, I know it's a little late now, but I was just thinking to myself a second ago when you brought that up, I wonder if that house would have qualified um, for the Historic Registry because of who lived there. Did anybody I'm ever sure, look into I'm, that? I'm sure it would have. Um, there, there was about four, I think, four or five houses on that block that were torn down. And actually, um, Francis Wilson, that was the you know founder of the Francis Wilson Playhouse that's just down the street, um, he had a house there as well. Um, so kind of two important people in this area, um, their house was torn down. So I'm not sure anyone, you know, really thought about it before it was happening to, to try to save it, but, you know, the property was sold, so I, I'm not sure there was anything that could have been done. Interesting, because um, there we have, uh, you're familiar with the Heritage Park, or I think it's what it's called uh-huh. here, over there mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in Largo. That would have been probably the ideal place for that house to go, and that would have been really, yeah, really that cool. Yeah, that would have been great. Doggone it, jeez. Okay, so tell us <laughs> about the, uh, the other building, supposedly that had the closet that Jim used to hide in or something like that. What's, what, what's the story surrounding that? That is a great story. Um, one of the friends of that group of kids, um, his parents owned a surveying company um, down the street, not not very far from, from the house that Jim Morrison um, lived in. It was on Laura Street, and um, there was a surveying company, and then there was a garage apartment. And I guess the word around all the kids was the apartment was always empty. Um, so they used to sneak in and hang out in there and take you know, take girls up there and into the garage apartment. And it had jealousy doors on the front, so it was easy to, like, you know, open. So they would just go in there and hang out and then come out. And um, there was a story that I was told by um, his very close friend, uh, Phil Anderson, that um, Jim went up there with his girlfriend, Clearwater girlfriend, Mary Warblow, one night. And they were there kind of late, and it was empty, so they thought. But... The parents had rented the house to a bartender, so he was working late and came home around midnight, and when they heard somebody coming upstairs, they jumped in the closet and hid, and they waited, and um, they heard the guy, you know, in the apartment, and then they heard him go into the bathroom, which was right next to the closet, and then they heard him come out, and when he came out, Jim, like, flung open the door and pretended he thought somebody else was there, and they just ran out of the house and didn't come back. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Now, yeah. what, what happened to that property? Is that still around? The property is still there. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's been around for a very, very long time. Um, lots of auto body uh, businesses have been in the, in the property, oh. um, and it's currently owned um, by a man named Roy Zahid, and he has an auto body business. Um, that is in the building, and the garage apartment is still there. And um, unfortunately, the, the actual apartment has been kind of gutted because he's remodeling it um, for offices upstairs. But but the garage apartment's still there. No, wait and, a minute. Um, yep. uh, let me well, hang on a second. So you're saying it was a body sub. So what's up on Laura Street, which means it runs parallel to Cleveland Street, which means is it the building that's next to uh, the paint shop? The little uh, that sells uh, retail paints in there, you know, for your house paint and stuff like that. Is that the building it's, you're talking? 
back off the road a bit. It's um, it's like a block off the road. Huh. Um, well, there used to be a school in that area that I think burned down way back when, right? And then mm-hmm. so it'd be right across the street from that. There's a, there's a huge empty field across the street, so that that could possibly have been it. Wow, that's an um, interesting story too, because yeah. uh, that body shop you're talking about, those were one of my customers way back in the day when I was in the wrecking yard business. Now that's interesting. I did not know that. Also, you're talking about some of the people that knew him. A real good friend of mine, George Greer, who was an attorney in town, who also happened to be a real good friend of mine and mm-hmm. our, an attorney, he was telling me a story that when he was in FSU, Jim Morrison was his roommate. And there was another attorney that was with him, and I can't remember his name, but I know we were going up the elevator in the courthouse one day, and somehow we got into a subject about music and and concerts and stuff, and then that's when the sub, the story of Jim Morrison came about. And then George was only there, I think, at FSU um, for one semester. W- one semester while Jim was there, and then he went to uh, Florida. And then the other attorney was still there for for two semesters. I think Jim was there for two two semesters. But go back to talking about the time that Jim spent here, because his parents sent him over here when he was kind of like adolescent, young, and then, of course, came back the second time for a few years, and that's when he went to J.C. and, and, and all the other stories associated with it. So, so what do you know about the first part of the, his, uh, the, the time that, that, that Jim spent here with his, with his grandparents? Um, well, Jim's grandparents have been here for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've been here back to the 20s. Um, but they, they've been in that house that was on Osceola Avenue for, for a very long time. Um, when, when Jim was sent to, uh, when Jim was six months old, his dad was, um, assigned to serve in the Pacific by the Navy. Mm-hmm. So, um, he sent his, um, wife, Jim's mother and Jim to live with his parents, um, who lived on Osceola Avenue. So they, they were there for about three years. Um, and then after the war ended, um, you know, he came back and then they, they moved all over the place. But, um, so he was here for the first basically three years of his life. And then, um, I guess, uh, high school was rough for Jim and his antics and his, uh, <laughs> dad got tired of him and shipped him back down to Clearwater to live with his grandparents as soon as he graduated from high school, um, okay. to go to St. Pete Junior College, um, while he was living with his grandparents. So he did that, um, you know, for a couple of years, and then transferred up to FSU, where he went um, for a little bit before, uh, you know, moving on to uh, UCLA and California. When uh, Jim was here, there's a story, I don't know if you mentioned, if it was one of your um, uh, stories, but uh, a gentleman by the name of Tan Nochera, I think that's if I pronounce it right, um, who's involved in the Beach Tran Project. Um, he's a, actually, and a big shout out to him and the Beach Tran Project. Um, yeah. He is the one that, uh, when we, we, we actually met him a couple nights ago, and then we went to his office the next day, and he was showing my son and I the, uh, the plans for the, um, for the project. And then somehow we got into subject about uh, music and guitars and since i'm in the vintage guitars he was in the vintage guitars we started talking about musicians and jim morrison came up so he walks over to his office for a second comes back and then shows me your book and i was totally unaware of it i was totally surprised i was captivated by it so bobby and i kind of glanced through it a little bit and i said this is perfect we need to have this young lady on our show so here you are and um but uh he uh said that to ask her the story about 
Jim Morrison, borrowing his grandfather's car, going over to the Moz Brothers parking lot and doing donuts. Is there any truth to yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that <laughs> was, uh, wow. That, that's a really crazy story. Jim didn't have a driver's license, um, and he didn't drive. Um, he took the bus or, um, you know, he was driven around by his friends and stuff. But apparently one evening he took his grandfather's car and went and picked up his friend uh, Larry Palmer. And, uh, yeah, they went down to the Moz Brothers parking lot and... Um, they uh, drove it around, and and they were they were saying that they were going to play Sebring because they were they were big into racing and and talking about the Sebring races and stuff. So he, um, they just beat the car to pieces, and he knocked off the door, and Ooh. the mirror got knocked off, and I, I guess there were little uh, parking meters down there in that parking lot, yes. and they <laughs> just. Uh, they just ran it all over the parking lot. Um, his grandfather had a, a, a 1961-62 tan-colored Mercury Monterey. Ooh. So that was that was the car that he had. And then he just dropped his friend off and pulled it in the driveway and came in the house like nothing happened. So shortly after that, he was kicked out of his grandparents' house because I guess that was that was the last straw for his grandfather. Oh, man. All right. Now, man. Now, now, talking about Sebring, apparently, and I think it was there's some parts of your book that reference that there was places in Tampa that he used to go. There was places in Pinellas Park that he used to go and, correct, uh, Sebring. So tell us a few stories about uh, those little uh, areas that he used to visit and why. Yeah, so um, the Clearwater Library was a big one. Um, he had an extensive reading list, but... It wasn't the the books that drew him in there. Uh, Larry said that him and Jim used to go sit in the back corner of the Clearwater Library and drink peach schnapps because <laughs> the, li- the librarians didn't really mess with you, I guess, um, back in the 60s. Um, let's see what else. Uh, lots, of, lots, of, lots of time at Clearwater Beach. Um, I was told in the early 60s there wasn't a whole lot of youth activities um, to do in the Clearwater area, so... With lots of you know spending time at the beach and going to parties and stuff, um, hanging out at people's houses. Um, the place in Pinellas Park that you're talking about is Bow Art, uh-huh. and that was like a it was a coffee house and uh, like a I don't know like an open mic place. It was a really cool backstory on that um, Bow Art. It was the actually the the original building was the second building to be built in Pinellas Park. Really, and it and it was owned by the owners. Um, uh, Reese was the owner, but his uncle was the original owner, and it was a hotel, and it was right on the railroad tracks, and that was the original building, the second building in Pinellas Park, which is kind of cool. Was and then a, he took it over. Was that over like that, Park Boulevard, or whereabouts was that in Pinellas Park? Um, ooh, I think it's by the police. The police station. It's um. Hold on, I'm I'm trying to I'm, figure it out because right it, now. That would that would be about right. That would be off Park Boulevard, I think. That would be in that general area, probably, because I think the police station was in that area. Yeah, it's on 60th Street. It's like 70, 77th Avenue and 60th Street, and I I know okay. that it's just a big empty lot now because um, it did burn down, um, and I think the police use it now for um, like their you know storage for their trailers and stuff. Okay. 
Um, but um, that was a you know little coffee house. They 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 did rent the rent the rooms, and I actually interviewed a guy that actually lived there at the hotel, which is kind of crazy. Um, so people lived there, but it was also you know on the weekends they would have shows, they would have people playing guitar and doing uh, poetry readings, and um, Phil Anderson, one of the guys from my book, um, he said he used to drive Jim there, but he never stayed with him because he said it wasn't like his thing. So, but he did say that Jim would go there with a ukulele, and I guess would just strum on a ukulele while he read his poetry, which is kind of interesting. Bird, we have a caller that wants to uh, comment on something, so uh, I'm going to let this guy come on for a second. This is one of our regular listeners. Charlie, Charlie, are you there? Hey, what's happening, guys? How are you? Pretty good. Great stories, and uh, I'll try to slow down because being from New York, I, I got to well, you know, talk slower. Um, <laughs> yes, I know the place on Park Boulevard about Morrison. been a big uh, Jim Morrison Doors fan since I was a kid. I actually hated him, and then I really loved him years later because my neighbor used to crank him all the time growing up in Long Island. So that's, but, uh, here's another cool story. Uh, Morrison and Hendrix were really good friends. Hendrix had a cool ass vet. I'm sorry I said that word. Anyway, uh, Sarah Robert, um, but supposedly, I'm not sure if that was a true story that Jim Morrison wrecked Jimi Hendrix's Corvette. I heard that story like years ago from a couple different people. Well, that's possible because he wrecked his Shelby two times that we know of, and now we're still trying to find it. And his 67 Shelby was the blue lady. And uh, so we know the serial wow. number. We know roughly where it was at the last time. But the story goes that it was crashed. He left it alongside of the road, and the car got impounded. So nobody knows what happened to it after that. So unless somebody, yeah, I think we know. I think we know a local guy <coughs> that you know might have it. <laughs> no. One, one more story. Sure. One more story. Um, Hendrix was playing in a bar somewhere, probably California or something. And Jim comes in. You know, he's having a few cocktails, and uh, Hendrix was doing this blues song. Um, it was just, you know, people's, people's, people's. He kept on singing the blues, and Jim went up there and just started saying F-H-I-T-A, which we don't want, we don't want your calls to know what that is, but there's an X-rated album that Hendrix has, and it's Jim Morrison going up there yelling out F-H-I-T-A, if you know what those mean, some of those, some of your old musicians, what that means. But I actually have one of those albums. Robert, I have to bring it to your studio, and you'd be like, wow, what's this? This is crazy. <laughs> um, it's a, like a one-off, you know, they made a couple of them in, in Europe, but, uh, yeah, it's that whole Morrison thing. I thought the movie was pretty good. I don't know about you guys, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, we liked it. We liked it. We liked it. Yeah. Anyway. But, hey, right. Nice to meet you. So I uh, appreciate the story. Robert, uh, stay well. I'll get down there soon to talk to you guys about some more music. And, uh, listen, all you listeners out there, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. <laughs> Thank you for the public service announcement there, Charlie. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Bert, so go ahead. And uh, now Tampa, he used to do the same thing in Tampa. There was a little place over there he used to hang out at. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't really talk to anyone that, that um, you know, went over there, but I did hear stories of him going over there. Um, I know that he did go over to a Ray Charles concert with a college professor of his. Um, from FSU um, at the Armory in Tampa. Okay. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know there was a little place down in Tampa, but I didn't. I didn't get any of those stories. So okay. That that one's not in my book. Okay. What about Sebring? Did you reference Sebring in there? Because you mentioned Sebring earlier. Did he, he used to go down there. So was he a race car fan, or he just uh, liked going down to Sebring just because they had a lot of uh, extracurricular curricular activities going on during the twelve-hour uh, race back in the day. Well, that's the thing, you know, um, I was told there, there were no drugs in the 60s in Clearwater, 
um, but lots of alcohol. And uh, that seems to be the pastime okay. <laughs> of all of the teenagers. So um, they did go to Sebring. Um, there was a story that was in that same Sea Times article in 2005 about him, uh, I guess, getting super drunk and walking around with a white fur coat, um, which was Ruth. Whitney Duncan's. Um, she's somebody else that I interviewed. But um, yeah, there's there's another story that was mentioned about them going to Sebring, but I don't think it's radio friendly. So okay. I will leave it up to you guys to uh, read the book and okay. find out what happened with a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and tell us in all, how many people were you able to successfully talk to? In uh, in Clearwater, that actually uh, were were friends with Jim and actually knew him and actually had uh, you know um, casual relationships or friendships with him. No, it was um, really difficult. the The book centers around three interviews, three three people mm-hmm. um, that were good friends with him at Saint you know Saint Pete College and and in the area. Um, I had people contact me, but memories are fading and <laughs> you know um couldn't nail down a whole lot of things to be you know truthful and uh-huh. and everything that's in my book is is fact i'm there's no romanticizing there's no made up stories it's this is the true tale of what his life was like in clearwater um which was really important to me um writing this book so um i did track down a bunch of people from fsu um so that was good. I talked to all the people in the first house, you know, George Greer and Brian Gates and the Calavocus brothers. Um, and then actually he lived in like six different places um, while he was attending FSU. So I did end up talking to a couple more of the roommates um, from that time period in other houses as well. Um, but there, there's not a whole lot of people around, you know, anymore from the Clearwater Times and um, difficult to get a hold of people. But if there's anybody else out there that knows anything that wants to contact me that'd be awesome i can do a part two there you go <laughs> part two yeah sequel well you know essentially because jim morrison would be what about 75 years old now yeah, i was born in 43 so yeah so uh that's about 40 yeah for so 40 uh, 76 will be this year so at any rate let me ask you this um how long did it take you to do the book i mean you know because a lot of times you know gathering all this information and stuff like that so from start to finish how long would you say it took you to compile all the information and get the book to, I, pr- to print. I will say that from concept to publishing date was 10 years. Wow. Um, it took me a long time to actually pick it up and commit to writing it because I knew that there was so much research and I just, it was just too much in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the time that I started doing the research full time, um, spending hours and hours and hours every day at the Clearwater Courthouse looking through old microfilms to track down mortgages and property deeds and um, all of that information and looking through the census to make sure that I had a correct timeline of everything happening. Um, I would say it was about three years full-time working on it um, to publish. Wow. Bobby, do you have any questions for... uh for Bird, by any chance, because I know you're a big Jim Morrison. Now, my son's 22 years old, so here's a millennial that is a big Doors fan. <laughs> probably knows more about That's Jim great. Morrison than I do. I, yeah, I'm really thrilled about it. That's so, great. So yeah, I his just, popularity spans the generations. That's for sure. That's true. Oh, I just, I just love the stories. I'm just here for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got a minute or two. So uh, what's next for uh, Bird Stevens? What's your next book? What are you working oh, on? Oh my goodness. 
I, I haven't thought about it yet. I've been, since I published my book, I've been working on um, another book with a friend of mine, Robert Heimel. He just published his book, Cover Stories, um, which has been really great. Um, I edited the book for him and, and, you know, helped him out with a bunch of stuff. Um, he was an art director for Electra Records and Arista, so he designed all of the album covers for all of the great artists that were in that time, and, and those were all of his stories um, from working with all of the artists and bands. So that's a really great book. So we just got that published and um, just kind of taking a break right now. Okay. Well, we got uh, a few seconds left. Why don't you go ahead and give out the information so people, if they want to get your book, how do they go about doing it? Yes. Um, the book is called Jim Morrison's Clearwater There, Then and Now, and um, author is Bird Stevens. You can find it on Amazon.com if you search for Bird Stevens or Jim Morrison's Clearwater. Um, you can contact me locally at um, Jim Morrison's Clearwater at Outlook.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, and I can get you one locally. Super. Well, Bird, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out and uh, from your vacation and sharing these stories with you. I'm glad I ran across you. Um, if you do do the second half, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll contribute to some of that a little bit. And I yeah, know um, we also have something else mutual in common. We both had the opportunity to meet uh, Robbie Krieger, so that's great. But, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. And, thank you uh, for having me. The uh, best of luck to you in your future endeavors, and uh, we'll talk about the album cover guy. So, uh, hey, again, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. My special guest this evening, Bert Stevens, author of Jim Morrison's Clearwater. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating and legendary names motorsports and music and uh, I want to see some of the guys I want to see you yeah let me try this one more time I want to see you guys <laughs> I, want see, I want to see some of you guys at some of the car shows don't forget to uh, tell your friends in the meantime everybody stay safe drive carefully and love your family day to day. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.